Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Throughout the Old Testament, we can see the prophets of God go against many false prophets of the time. This isn't something specific to the Old Testament, though. The New Testament addresses false prophets as well. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will be sharing about the enemy's tactic in warfare, deception. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you could become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on April 2nd, 2023. I need to talk with you about how the time has come for us as Christians to stop beating around the bush. And by beating around the bush, I mean not saying what has to be said, and instead saying what people want said, so as to avoid the unpopular and uncomfortable truth. Why? Well, one reason is because of the fear of man. And the fear of man is a trap by virtue of the fact that we cower in fear such that we're afraid of people's reaction. How are they going to respond? So we tone it down, we kind of, you know, bring it back, dial it back, and and uh, soften it up, and, you know, just take the edge off it, and, you know, no. Maybe there was a time not too long ago where we lived in a world that was forgiving of that, but we don't live in that world today. Proverbs 29 verse 25 says, Fearing people is a dangerous trap. The fear of man is a snare, as some translations render it. But trusting the Lord means safety. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10, Paul writing to the churches in the area of Galatia, asks and answers this rhetorical question. Listen, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? Again, rhetorical question, and now he's going to answer it. He says, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. In other words, it's either one or the other. If I'm a man pleaser, I'm not a God pleaser. And conversely, if I'm a God-pleaser, I'm not a man-pleaser. But Jeremiah in particular, when he's called in chapter 1, I want to draw your attention to verse 8 and verse 17. Here's verse 8. God, when He calls Jeremiah, says, Do not be afraid of their faces, interesting, when they give you stink eye, because they're going to give you stink eye. They're going to give you that look like, you know, the... 
how do I describe this? That, that look of shock. You know, the eyes are, and the jaw drop. Oh no, he didn't. Oh yes, he did. Uh, don't be afraid of their reaction, Jeremiah. Don't be afraid of their response, Jeremiah, because this is what they're going to do in response to your message. Your message is going to be so unpopular, and they're going to hate you, and you're going to know it. So do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Now when you get to verse 17, he takes it further. And he says to Jeremiah, get yourself ready, stand up, and say to them, whatever I command you. The words that I put in your mouth to speak, you're going to speak them. Or I will terrify you before them, do not be terrified by them. In other words, Jeremiah, if, if you don't do it under the banner of being afraid of them, in fear of them, terrified by them, I will terrify you before them. You do not fear them. You fear me. You don't dance to the beat of their drum. You dance to the beat of my drum. You have an audience of one, Jeremiah. And you're going to be faithful to speak all that I command you to speak. And did Jeremiah do that? Absolutely he did that for 40 plus years. Another reason in addition to the fear of man that some people beat around the bush is because they don't want to be the only one standing alone. And to stand alone would mean that you wouldn't be going along with the crowd by caving in and acquiescing to the pressure of peers. Because it, it, it's so intense, that pressure to conform and comply and go along to get along, especially when everybody else is kind of toeing the line, and there you are going, wait, Two plus two does not equal five. And, and you're the only one that, that still believes two plus two still equals four. Now what are you going to do when they ask you to raise your hand? Two plus two equals five. Everybody's hand goes up. You're going, no, that's wrong. That's not true. Okay, how many of you still believe that two plus two equals four? <laughs> okay, good. Then your hand goes up. Okay, come on, that's not fair. You guys already know the answer to this test. But you're the only one whose hand goes up. You're going against the crowd. You're going against the narrative. I hope you don't mind, but, and we've talked about this guy before in previous updates. I want to draw your attention to him once again. He's kind of this not very well-known prophet, Micaiah. And he is to me the standard, the example, the inspiration when it comes to being the only one 
who was willing to stand alone. I would put him right up there with the prophet Jeremiah, who stood alone against all these false prophets. So here's this Micaiah, and he's up against 400 false prophets of Ahab. And I'm so fond of this prophet because he feared not man, rather he feared only God. And he had the audacity to go against the narrative. What all of these false prophets were saying, which was what Ahab wanted them to say, and was paying them to say. But not Micaiah. He dared to go up against them and speak the truth. And this, after he'd already been thrown into prison by King Ahab. Why? Because <laughs> this is the kind of guy that tells it like it is. He doesn't beat around the bush. So... As we're about to see, he's brought before King Ahab again, who at this time is deceiving King Jehoshaphat to get him to go into battle, disguises him so he would get killed instead of him. And Jehoshaphat goes for it. What we're going to see in, in a moment, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. So this Micaiah, who sits in this dungeon of a prison, because Ahab threw him in there for not telling him what he wanted to hear, and only telling him what he needed to hear. So now he's going to go up against all these false prophets who were basically falsely prophesying to King Ahab and Jehoshaphat with him that they would be victorious in this battle. So we'll pick it up, Second Chronicles chapter 18, beginning in verse 3. So Ahab king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat king of Judah, Will you go with me against Ramoth Gilead? And he answered him, I am as you are, and my people as your people. We will be with you in war. And then verse 4 is very interesting. Also, Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, uh, Please inquire for the word of the Lord today. Oh, this is uh, what's known as praying after you make a decision instead of before. You know how it is? Okay, I'll, that's okay. You're more spiritual than I am. I do this all the time. You know, you, you, you do something, you make a decision, and you don't pray about it. You don't seek the Lord about it. And then after you make the decision, there's a check, and you're like, uh-oh. What just happened? What did I just commit to? What did I just agree to? This is, by the way, why it is that Jehoshaphat is affectionately referred to as jumping Jehoshaphat. He just jumps on board. And, and then he's like, well, maybe we should pray about it. What do you think? Maybe we should inquire of the word of the Lord from the prophets of the Lord. So verse 5, then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, 400 men, and said to them, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? So they said, the false prophets, go up, for God will deliver it into the king's hand. But, verse 6, Jehoshaphat said, um, the um is not in the original text. <laughs> He's going, wait a minute. Is there not still a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? Translated, what are you paying these guys? 
There, you have 400 false prophets. These are yes men that are only telling you what you want to hear. What are they going to, are they going to tell you the truth? No, because you'll kill them. You'll imprison them and or kill them. So no, they're just going, oh yes, oh King Ahab, yes, go forth. You will conquer and be victorious in battle. And Jehoshaphat, you got to picture this scene. This would have been very interesting because here's Jehoshaphat going, no, no. Can we get a second opinion from another prophet? Because these guys are bought and paid for and they're just going along with the script. So listen to the response from Ahab to Jehoshaphat. So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, there is still one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. (laughs) Well, Ahab, that's because you're evil. (laughs) We're told that in the scriptures. He was one of the most evil kings in the history of Israel the northern tribes. So he says, yeah, there is one guy. I hate his guts, because he, he tells it like it is. And he, his name is Micaiah, the son of Imla. And Jehoshaphat said, come on, man. Again, not in the original, but let not the king say such things. Then the king of Israel, verse 8, called one of his officers and said, Bring Micaiah the son of Imlah quickly. Let's get this over with to satisfy Jehoshaphat. Now, it's important to understand again that Micaiah is in prison for doing the very thing that he's now being brought out of prison to do again. So it's like he's given this second chance. And it's almost like the officers that Ahab sends to get him out tell him as much. So they go to him and they basically say, hey, Micaiah, you're going to get a second chance. Don't blow it this time. So here's what the prophets are saying. You need to tell Ahab the same thing. <laughs> really? <laughs> what are they telling Ahab? Oh, that he's going to be victorious. Well, Micaiah tells them he cannot go against the word of God. But they take him anyway to prophesy to King Ahab and King Jehoshaphat. Now, it's really interesting, and I would really encourage you in your own time in God's Word to read this account. It's one of the most fascinating accounts in the pages of Holy Writ. Because prior to Micaiah being taken out of his dungeon of a cell to be brought before Ahab and Jehoshaphat, these 400 prophets, I mean, they put on a show, props, everything. Very dramatic. They acted it out, dramatized it. You're going to be victorious like these horns. You will conquer. And and I mean, what a show. I mean, after all, they're getting paid the big bucks by Ahab to do stuff like that. So Micaiah is apprised of this. So that's, that's what they're telling Ahab, and they did a really, they had a really impressive PowerPoint presentation, just so you know, Micaiah. So he's like, okay, whatever. I mean, he already knows he's hated and despised, and he also knows they're not going to listen to him anyway. So he decides to respond with what one has called a sanctified sarcasm. Sanctified. 
sarcastic, sanctified. Did I say sanctified? Yeah. So verse 14, then he came to the king, and the king said to him, I could just picture the tone. Oh, I would have loved to have been there. Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? <laughs> and he says, Micaiah, yeah, go ahead. Again, not in the original, but go and prosper, and they shall be delivered into your hand. Can I go now? So, verse 15, the king said to him, how many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Oh, well there's an admission right there. I mean, not so surprising that he knows Micaiah is being sarcastic. I mean, he's seen this movie before with Micaiah. I would have loved to have known this guy and his personality. I can't wait to meet him in heaven. But what is a little bit surprising is that Ahab is acknowledging that he does speak the truth in the name of the Lord. That's interesting. So, verse 17, <laughs> And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, this is after Micaiah is being sarcastic like that, Did I not tell you he would not prophesy good concerning me but evil? This is why I hate this guy. This is why I imprison this guy. Then Micaiah said, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. You'll forgive my paraphrase. You want the truth? <laughs> like I said, you'll forgive my paraphrase. You have to. You want the truth, Ahab? I'll give you the truth. I saw the Lord sitting on His throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing on his right hand and his left. And the Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab king of Israel to go up, that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead? So one spoke in this manner, and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, In what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Now this is Micaiah telling this to Ahab. Therefore look, Ahab, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of these prophets. And I if, man, if I could have been a fly on a camel to watch this, I picture Micaiah pointing to every single one of them. The Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of every single one of these guys. And the Lord has declared disaster against you, and that's the truth. You know what? In the end, Micaiah was right. That's exactly what happened. Ahab was killed in battle, despite Jehoshaphat agreeing to dress up like Ahab. And so when the, the opposing army found Jehoshaphat, thinking it was Ahab, they're getting ready to kill him, and then the guy goes, wait, that's not Ahab. It's not, no. They spared his life. Uh, I think Jehoshaphat started praying before, uh, after that happened, because it almost cost him his life. So they find Ahab, 
and they kill him exactly as the prophet Micaiah had spoken and prophesied. Yeah, but come on, that's a message of doom and gloom. It's a, it's a message of disaster. Well, that's what happened. It's the truth. What do you want me to just speak smooth things? Yeah, tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. Sorry about that. I hope you don't think that about that song. I had a flashback. I'm back now. Pastor, where are you going with this? Here's where I'm going. We desperately need Micaiahs who won't beat around the bush, that are willing to speak the truth, even though they know they may stand alone. If you'll kindly allow me to, I must, like Micaiah, speak that which must be spoken. Here goes. Netanyahu and Trump are deceivers. Should we bow our heads, close our eyes? You can slip out at this time if you want. I'm not afraid by your faces. I mean, nothing against your faces. But if you're going to look at me with that look, like with Jeremiah, I'm not, I have to answer to an audience of one. They are deceivers, and not to be trusted. Now, let me hasten to say, because I know what you're thinking, because I can read minds. In fact, let me just, oh, you're so one-sided. And I've been accused of so many things, despite both sides being two sides of the same coin, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Well, did you vote for Biden? No. Are you, are, are you Biden? Are you uh, on, the, on the left? No. Actually, I don't even know if Biden is actually, and I really mean this, I don't know if he's really human. How are we doing? Are we? Well, you're still here, so. If these actors, and that's what they are, actors following a script are still fully human, then there's still hope for them, because they need Jesus. There's still hope, if they're still human, for their salvation. I hope you don't tire of me saying this, but it matters not whether or not one is a conservative or a liberal, a Republican or a Democrat, a right or on the left. It only matters whether or not one is saved or lost. And I know I've talked about this ad nauseum over the last how many months, even maybe years, but We are playing into the hand of the enemy. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you've heard today may have encouraged you in your faith, and at times it may have brought up more questions that you would like answered. 
If you're wanting to get in touch with us, go to jdfarag.org and find the contact link at the bottom of the page. That's jdfarag.org. There, you can let us know some of the questions you might have, and we'll get back to you and try to answer those questions as best we can. While you're on our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If what Pastor J.D. shared today has you really confused about what it means to know Jesus and life beyond this life, there's a resource for you that might be helpful. At jdfarag.org, find the ABCs tab. This will walk you through what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus and what that means for you going forward. Once again, our website is jdfarag.org. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Just scroll to the bottom and click on Calvary. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Thanks for listening in to the Prophecy Update for today. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. The Bible and its prophecies are not to be taken lightly. And so we'll keep digging in on In Spirit and Truth.